Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining Live with Sherry. Today's episode is entitled Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter to Black People? That is the question that many people are asking. First and foremost, as the founder of the African-American Juvenile Justice Project, I congratulate, I welcome, I embrace, I respect any movement that demands change, that is done in a way that is respectable, ethical, legally, et cetera. And I find that to be the case with the founders of the, quote, unquote, Black Lives Matter movement. There are others along the way who have done and said things that have brought into question or subject them to public scrutiny, this show is not about that. I'm not in a place to judge anyone. The question that I'm compelled to ask as one who works and advocates for juvenile justice and reform is the real question of do black lives really matter to us as a people? Who are we actually trying to convince concerning the significance or importance, if you will, of black lives? And what, if at all, becomes the agenda for black lives mattering beyond police brutality? Because, you see, when we look at the numbers, and numbers don't lie, when we look at real raw statistics and we look at the number of African Americans who are subject to police brutality as well as death at the hands of police officers, and we compare and contrast those numbers to the number of African Americans who've been killed at the hands of other black males, the question then is, do black lives matter to black people? In other words, if the focus is strictly going to be from this point forward, that it only matters or it's only significant or the question is only worth asking, when our lives are taken or subject to be taken at the hands of police officers, then again, we are caused to ask, do black lives matter to black people? Why is it more important that we start a quote-unquote black lives movement when we are subject to death and or destruction or brutality at the hands of someone else? At what point in time do we hold our community accountable and responsible for what happened? And way too often I hear the same excuses, denial, and justification to which many blacks who sit on their butts all day, every day, and do nothing say is rhetorical conversation when we then ask the following, why does black lives matter now? Why didn't they matter before? Why? I like to use acronyms or letters or abbreviations or rhymes, if you will, obviously, working with juveniles. So let me put it this way. The Ds have destroyed the black community. Ds, the letter D and the alphabet, drugs, drunkenness, debt, disease, divorce, debt, death, destruction, destroyed. Every word that you could possibly think of under the letter D, it has, in fact, been destructive in dismantling and destroying 
the black community. It's amazing what one letter can do, right? So how then do we, as members of the African-American community, take charge and command that we as a community do something concerning the lives of black people so that we convince ourselves that our lives matter. See, it's not important to me to convince anyone else that my life matters as long as I know it. Because when I know that my life matters, then how I live, how I interact, how I react, how I act is going to be determinative of that. It's about self-love at the end of the day. And when we have that and when we instill those morals, those values of respect in our children and in, it is portrayed in everything that we do and say. Think back to the 1960s when black families were very cognizant, even before the 60s, of how we looked, what we said, what we did, what we wore, how we spoke. Think of that generation. And think of the generation of today where you have to enact legislation and local ordinance to tell children not to wear their pants below their buttocks as though they don't know that that means that you are, you know what, in prison, right? Okay. There were never laws that had to tell us don't refer to each other as a nigger, right? It's like my nigger, your nigger, those niggers, isn't it such a shame how we took such a word and gave it fame? Civil rights leaders don't make a fuss until the word is used by others, never when it's used by us. In the books, in the music and videos, even on the school bus, that word has history from slavery to bravery, used and abused by industry execs to help poor black kids get a check. We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry, on Live with Sherry as we discuss today's episode hashtag, Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter to Black people? Over 800,000 people, according to the United Nations, are trafficked through the United States throughout airports, with the primary airport being Hartsville, Atlanta, one of the busiest airports in the United States, and Atlanta, Georgia, being the hub for prostitution, sex trafficking, and human trafficking. And according to statistics, 90% of victims of human trafficking in the state of Georgia are African-American girls, and nationwide, minority girls being African-American, Asian, and Latinas. Now, Black Lives Matter, how do we use that movement to celebrate our young girls? How do we use that movement to dismantle the school-to-prison pipeline? How do we use that movement to work corporately and collaboratively in partnership to end human trafficking and sex trafficking? Because the majority of the pimps are not white males. They're Latinos and black men pimping young black girls as young as nine years of age. There's no white people doing this. This isn't what police are doing to us. This is what we are doing 
to each other. And while I recognize that every entity organization has a different calling, and while I truly respect a movement for change and demand for justice, I am compelled, constrained to say that the agenda for Black Lives Matter has to be one of accountability and responsibility because at the end of the day, we are called upon to ask ourselves the real question. What generally, what generally, not 100% of the time, but what generally places us within the scope or the ambit of police officers? And while we have circumstances that include the murders of unarmed black men and women, and black women, even as recent as the incident that took place in Texas where the young woman was subject to a cavity strip search in broad daylight um, in public, excuse me, at a Texaco gas station in Harris County, Texas, the death of Sandra Bland, all of that is duly noted. But when I look at numbers, I'm constrained to say, do black lives matter when one person is killed by a white person or a police officer, regardless of their race? Or do black lives matter when 4,000 black children are murdered every few months in the United States collectively, if those numbers are correct, right? So I'm constrained to ask, on the day that Travis uh, Trayvon Martin was murdered, How many black kids in America were murdered or tried to murder someone or engaged in armed robbery, sexual assault, or terrorized their own communities? On the day that Michael Brown was murdered, how many other murders, rapes, sodomies, acts of domestic violence took place? How many young black girls and boys were victimized through human and sex trafficking? by our men in our community. So if black lives matter because you're using such a broad statement that is not isolated to any specifics, for example, you have an association for colored people that's doing A, B, C, D, and E. You have a, a project that's dedicated to juveniles that's doing a, you, you basically hashtag, hey, Black Lives Matter. So I'm giving you all the reasons to understand why you are 100% unequivocally, categorically correct. Black lives do matter. But who do we need to convince that black lives matter? We shouldn't have to convince white America or anyone else that black lives matter. We have to position ourselves to make sure that we understand that our lives are important and our lives matter so that when we leave our house, we don't go from our house to the schoolhouse to the jailhouse to the warehouse. We want to make sure that we recognize when we're rearing our children that they know that their lives matter so that their conduct will speak for itself. I remember growing up and my parents saying, you don't just represent us, you represent the community. 
Watch what you say. Watch what you do. I remember my school teachers, predominantly Jewish men and women, who reminded me every day, you are a Jefferson. I know your mother and father are not going to want you to do A, B, C, D, and E. Why? Because black lives mattered. They knew it mattered to my parents. What I said, when I said it, and how I said it. How I presented myself. So that by them recognizing the role that my parents had and the PTAs and participating in community-based programs and services and making sure that we were on the right track and making their voices heard, even when we were victims in some areas of discriminatory practices, yes, even in New York, okay, they recognized who we were because they knew my parents knew that our lives mattered. So the call or the demand for change, instruction and direction for Black Lives Mattering starts at home. People talk about my 6P program, but it is my prayer that that 6P program will be in every public school in the United States. If you have 6Ps, if you have a parent, your pastor, your principal, police, prosecutors and prison officials working collaboratively in every community in America, You don't have to demand or cry Black Lives Matter because your parents are going to be on the front line. The first three are the most critical. Your parent, your faith-based, your pastor, be it through a mosque, a synagogue, the parish, the the church. Even if you're an atheist and you have a sense of community that you rely on for direction and instruction, or you believe that there is some greater being, but it's not a quote-unquote God, you even fit in that category. And then your principle. Those first three are what are indicative of the Black Lives Matter movement. Because if those three are working together in partnership, a parent, the pastors, and the school officials, Those are the three entities that represent home, school, community. And that is what becomes the driving force to defining and redefining Black Lives Mattering. Here's the problem. If you allow for children to operate in excuses, deny, and justification with a spirit of victimization, which my parents refused to allow us to live by, We were victorious, but not victims. If you give this generation an opportunity to live in excuses, denying, and justification as one of victimization, then you allow them to fall by the wayside, and you allow them to believe that it is acceptable behavior for them to drop out of school between 7th and 10th grade, which is when we usually lose black males particularly and our black females by 10th grade, then you allow them to believe that it is acceptable to engage in an act or a life of criminality. You give the mother excuse not to do what she needs to do. You give dad excuses not to be dad, not to be parents in their home, to continue this MIA, missing in action mentality that is resolved in a fatherless generation that has caused women to go and do things they need not do that have now resulted into a motherless generation, the disappearance of women and girls through incarceration and imprisonment or being the subject of the justice system, 
Black lives matter. Of course it does. Of course it do. Our black our lives matter. Like all lives matter. But who do we need to convince that black lives matter? We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry as we discuss today's episode, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Do they matter to black people? Stop human trafficking and sex trafficking. I am carrying a burden concerning the number of young women in the United States who are victims of human and sex trafficking. And although there are many people on the front line addressing the issue, some seen and unseen, and some of us not even wanting to be recognized for the programs and services that we've provided to young men and women who are victims of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Some of us have been very fortunate to even be able to, I don't like to use the word negotiate, but have conversations with pimps to make sure we could get these girls off the street and have been very successful in doing that. But the reality is when you have a movement, Black Lives Matter, and you're receiving the national and in some regards international attention, do we want to limit the scope of Black Lives Mattering as a movement, as it were, to a sole issue of police brutality? and lose the opportunity to take advantage of the momentum, if I could say that, of being able to expound on so many other issues that plague the community that are relevant to the significance and importance of black lives, the deeds of how divorce, death, drugs, drunkenness, disease, Let's stop there at the D word for disease. As we look at the increase of sexually transmitted diseases in our community, as we look at the increase of HIV and full-blown AIDS, people say it's come back. I say it never went away. Tie that into the victimization of human trafficking and sex trafficking in our inner city communities. When you look at the number of young black girls and boys who go missing, and the lack of mainstream media attention that we get, even in terms of us using social media, when you look at how lax our community is when our children are lost and displaced, when you look at the number of young black children in America who are wards of the state, we represent as a community less than 20 15 to 20% of the general population for juveniles, and yet we represent almost close to 50% of those children who are displaced and forced to care. If black lives matter, who do we need to convince that it matters? And when we have, particularly myself, when I have these conversations or any type of dialogue, there are a lot of blacks who are angered because they're expecting me to be in full agreement. And I'm always the one that's on the other side because I get to see through my lens a glass half empty and half full, because I am an attorney. So there are a lot of things that I see, and not simply because I'm an attorney, but I'm a frontline attorney, right? I'm not just out there. I'm a frontline attorney. I take hits all day, every day, 
So when you're in that and you see that, and on top of being an attorney, I have a program that I can continue regardless of whether I'm a practicing attorney, the African American Juvenile Justice Project, the Law Mobile. You know, I don't have to be a lawyer to do those two things, okay? And the birth of those programs didn't start as a result of being an attorney. It was a result of people needing legal education, Law Mobile. And the African-American Juvenile Justice Project started as a result of recognizing disparity and the lack of accountability and responsibility, leadership, and juvenile justice and reform in our communities. And it was the way I was raised. And I say I had shareholders, not stakeholders, because stakeholders don't have a vested interest in the day-to-day activities of, a, of your community. They're just reaping the benefits of it, okay? I had shareholders. The six P's, they were shareholders. They weren't stakeholders. Our parents, our pastors, and our principals, they weren't stakeholders. They were shareholders, as like in a corporation. They had a word concerning what we did, when we did it, and how we did it. They were invested in the community. And they had a say-so as to what happened in the community. They weren't like stakeholders who reap the benefit of what everyone else has done concerning the community or want to add their two cents every step along the way. No, there's a difference between a stakeholder and a shareholder. And when I use the term, no, I didn't get it twisted. Shareholders, parents, pastors, and principals are shareholders, period. They're your shareholders. And the corporate scheme of it all, they are your shareholders, not a stakeholder. I think there's a big difference. That being said, when you look at all of what we as a people have had to accomplish, the fact that you young men and women have a movement that has caught the attention of mainstream media the government as an entity, the private sector, my prayer is that it is used in a way that as long as the momentum is there, that you not only get to embrace it, but you channel it by allowing for other subject matters to be brought to the table. For example, when the ladies had the opportunity to meet with presidential candidate Hillary Rodman Clinton, Yes, she is a woman running for presidency, and that is great. But the flip side of it is we need an agenda and not get caught up with the gender of a presidential candidate. No more than we need to be concerned about the race of a candidate. We need to be concerned about how the race is going to be run. Back to that key word. What is the agenda? So what is the agenda? as you communicate with politicians. What is the agenda? It can't simply be stop police brutality. The 14th Amendment calls for that. So, yes, Black Lives Matter and the 14th Amendment says that Black Lives Matter. It's a constitutional protection. It says that our lives matter. But I don't think we need to be trying to convince government, private or public sector, that our lives matter. I think it is important that we convince ourselves that our lives matter. And that means that we must be on the front line and the cutting edge 
of addressing some of the social ills that plague our community. And I think we can do it. We've been able to do it. We've been successful at doing it from Green Street to Rosewood to Auburn Avenue of the 1920s to Strivers Row in Harlem. We've been able to show that we are overcomers, that we get and we lose and we get it again. But now we have to operate in a sense of maintaining, keeping that which we have. And how do we do that when the very moral fabric of our community is being torn apart? Human trafficking and sex trafficking, modern-day slavery in the 21st century? No, in the new millennium, modern-day slavery. And we now must be called upon to be the abolitionist, to protect our children because Black Lives Matter. We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter to Black people? And as we conclude this episode, I again want to reiterate that I support the Black Lives Matter movement, as it were, because I do believe that issues of police brutality need to be addressed. But I also recognize that we have in place the 14th Amendment and that one of the ways in which we address police brutality is not simply going to be by putting up Facebook and social media, but by actually being able to put into action, maybe civil action, and go from civil rights movement to a human rights movement. And I recognize that there's going to be that need to set forth a political and a social agenda. And that is going to be important as the movement goes forward. But I am constrained again to say that as you have the listening ear of government and public and private sector, that my prayer is that you use it wisely and you use it in a way to address the social ills that plague our community and that you hold us accountable and responsible for what is happening because if black lives matter, they first must matter to us as a people. And when we live that way, as though our lives are relevant, then others will see it, they will respect it, they will honor it. And if and when they do not, there will be consequences that the Constitution and federal and state laws allow for. But if we do not uphold the standards of our own community and we don't respect ourselves and there's no accountability or responsibility, then not only will our lives not matter to anyone else, they will continue not to matter to us. Hence, the homicide rate and the Ds that plague the black community, drunkenness, disease, death, Divorce, divorce, destruction, debt. All the work of the devil. Thank you very much for joining me on Blog Talk Radio. Be blessed and be encouraged. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag All Lives Matter. <laughs>